Hey everybody, it's Nolan North, you know, Nathan Drake from Uncharted, and you're listening to the Geek Apocalypse Podcast. Thank you very much, Nolan North, and welcome everybody to the latest edition of the Geek Apocalypse Podcast with yours truly, Mr. Stephen Hesse. Yes, welcome us with open arms, which is the Nathan Drake of video gaming, the the godfather of video gamers, Mr. Nolan North there. Well, he's not like the godfather, that makes him sound like he's 108, you know, I, I, mean, I mean simply, he's very good, he's the Jack Nicholson of video games, and he welcomes you to this edition of the Geek Apocalypse Podcast with your host, Mr. Stephen Hesse, who, yeah, does waffle as much as this introduction portrays. Um, but yeah, I'm really super excited for this edition. It's with Alex from BattleBards, who is a huge. Um, <laughs> uh, where could this sentence go? He's a huge um, enigma. No, <laughs> no, he's a uh, he's a huge friend of the show. I was trying to say. Um, he's been on many episodes before, so I encourage you obviously to type in Alex from BattleBards, and you'll get a whole host of episodes. I believe this was the fourth one he's been on, but I might be wrong. Sure, someone's willing to correct me on that. Um, but he's been easy, um, you know, very much welcome. And as we talk about on the podcast. Uh, BattleBods, which is a um, sort of sound system for tabletop gaming, among other things, uh, started about the same time that we started podcasting. So 160 odd shows later, um, you know, his uh, BattleBods has really gone through a huge transition, which we talk about openly on this uh, very show on this episode. So it's really fun to get his sort of take on BattleBods and how much it's progressed. And obviously, he's on to talk about what BattleBods is up to. So if you type in BattleBods.com you will find all the information that you need about BattleBods. Um, so basically what it is, is sound software for tabletop gaming, so you can play music uh, while you're doing role-playing games, or whatever it may be that you want to do to create an atmosphere, very much like going to a film and uh, watching something at the cinema, like the, the sound experience uh, to go with your fantasy element of gaming, which is a brilliant idea, and as I, po- as I mentioned in this podcast, you also get a sound system where you can implement audio files that you've already got and mix them in with a whole host of thousands and thousands of tracks with well-known voice actors um, you know like sorry well not well-known but like you mean as in really good ones um, you know that they that they get the, the top of the range voice actors to do all you know a, a goblin or a, a fireball sound or what, whatever it may be um, if BattleBots has it uh, as standard but also you can mix like you know well-known soundtracks and films if you want as long as obviously you know there's no uh, copyright infringement as I hope you uh, have bought it of your own accord but yeah so it's just buy it for the sound system basically so um, it's a really good idea so obviously a uh, huge thank you for Alex to come on when obviously uh, anyone who listens to this podcast knows we talk about a variety of different things not just that so I hope you enjoy it in terms of upcoming episodes uh, me and Ricky from Mentally Sound will be doing a uh, hosted episode of this probably before the end of April I hope so check out for that uh, the latest episode of Mentally Sound March's edition has just been released so type in Mentally Sound on, on iTunes it's a mental health show uh, but yeah lots upcoming but this is episode with Alex from BattleBonds enjoy fun time mean it Um, 
need a bit of program actually then. Please go home, we'll all turn around. Oh, good. Daddy's good doing. Good. So, how about you? How are you being? Uh, uh, busy, just, you know, <laughs> as you can imani- imagine. Yeah. Um, you know, kind of the same old, I mean, obviously, kind of the big thing is this kind of overhaul to the service where we finally kind of came full circle. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if you remember, but way back in the day when we first started, we wanted to launch. BattleBards as a subscription. Yes. And uh, we just got so many people that uh, said, no, I, I kind of want to just buy tracks. So, And I think it was just because, you know, launching with 500 or 700 tracks or whatever it was back in the day wasn't enough of a value prop for someone yeah. to, like, get a subscription around. But now that we're going to be reaching 2,000 in a little bit, wow. I think that's uh, a much a much clearer value for someone yeah. to subscribe. So that's why we kind of came full circle. and. And we're getting a great response. So great. we just soft launched it. Uh, we haven't even officially like really, you know, put gasoline on the fire to really kind of launch this thing. And the response so far has been great. Making sure that our systems can take all this bandwidth and, and can kind of take all this uh, yeah. all this yeah. activity. And so far it has. So mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's been a lot of that. Um, my my wife is uh, changing careers, so she uh, she has an MBA. Um, and now she's kind of uh, she wants to get back into software development, so I've kind of been supporting her, nice. uh, looking kind of for that big career change. So that's something. Uh, so she's gonna she's gonna be in India for like a month mm-hmm. um, because she wants to learn the business. She wants yeah. to learn battle parts and kind of wants to really get involved. So that's I'm good. shipping her off to my CTO, and he's <laughs> gonna go ahead and train her. Uh, so <laughs> I get free labor at home. So when I come home, it's just like, all right, where are we with battle parts? Uh, so you know, <laughs> been, been, you know. Sorry, this is the way my brain. The way my brain's working is just like your your, your wife gets home, she's like, right, battle bars, where we're up to, let's go, right, tell me right. what's going. That's exactly right. I mean, she's a machine. She does not stop working. So I was a little worried because I'm like, sometimes I also kind of want to relax. So now I'm worried if she gets involved, she's just going to be like. Hey, come on! Where are we with this feature brief? Where are we with this? Where I'm like, yeah. oh my god, I want to play video games for an hour or something and relax. Um, it's funny because yeah, yeah, yeah. that's funny though because I was thinking about that. I mean, like, because I've just um, I've I've been a uh, relatively new since since we since we last spoke. Like, because what I what I think was worth doing as as Alex knows, I do an introduction. Um, uh, in post, but I think what's worth talking to potential new listeners because obviously we we keep growing every time we do a podcast. So, um, just to let people be aware, Alex has been on before. Um, so what Alex was referring to before, because I think when when I asked how are you, I think it was a good starting point. So we'll stick with that. Um, is is yes, yeah, so Alex was on. He's been on quite a few times. Um, when Battlebrods first started, it was not far off when I first started doing this podcast, so many moons ago now. And uh, when Alex first started, which is a really good point, because I remember, because you know, it's, it's very rare that I remember. I mean, I obviously remember little bits of every podcast because we're up to like something like 160 something now, which is ridiculous when you think about it. But um, but yeah, um, when when Alex was first on, he was talking about how he, I remember you saying when Battlebots like was still a thing. Or like it was in your mind as a thing, and you were going, I'm wondering about the subscription model, but like quite wisely, like you just said, it's the same because I remember we compared it to. Po- I remember saying to you, I compared it to podcasting. It's that if you start saying the word subscription, people start going, Well, wait a minute, uh, everything's free, and you've been offering it as free, and then suddenly it's like we have to pay this money. Uh, hang on a minute, and um, in some experiences, people have said. 
you know, when that happens, that they lose like half of their audience um, uh, in whatever thing that you do, um, because that's the that's the standard. Because you know, we've unfortunately developed a, a world on the interwebs where everything like is free, and if you decide that it's worth something, yeah, people go, well, I don't think it's worth anything. Um, I'm going to stick to free stuff. So, but uh, so, but what you just said, I mean, just uh, so the re- I'm just telling people the the backstory. So. And um, yeah, what you said about subscription model makes sense now because you've you know I, do you think also it's the fact that um you know because I I know you've do, you, you've done a bunch of Kickstarters for this as well from what I remember um my guess is and I'm, I guess I'm being devil's advocate here is that you by the fact you've been doing this a while and you've got a back catalogue of that you know what you're doing probably leans more towards people being willing to do subscriptions is that also a fair statement? Yeah, so so mm-hmm. that's the thing. I, yeah. I think um, when we first started, so first the the, the intro the introductory catalog was going to be just too small to do subscription. Yeah, uh, and people had no idea who we were. They didn't know that we were just going to be a fly by night, take your money and run and yeah. disappear. Like you started kind of hearing yeah. people doing Kickstarter at the time. So yeah, exactly, now yeah. that we've yeah, so now that we've been around for a couple of years, I think people kind of trust us. They can do some research and see how we work with, you know, podcasters like you, how we're kind of part of this community and we have a good reputation in the community. I think it's a lot easier to kind of hand those couple bucks a month knowing that we're not uh, we're not going anywhere. So, yeah, uh, yeah I, I think that plays, that plays a huge role. So mm. I think it was a combination of that reputation, which, uh, which is a good point, and um, kind of what we can offer. Now we offer, you know, almost 2,000 tracks. We offer the soundboard, the mixer, our new online player, all these tools uh, that you just kind of all get bundled into one subscription. Mm-hmm. And what's really interesting is you know, when we were doing research as, as far as putting this out again, um, I think one of the key things that made us decide to commit all these resources to, to do this is when you look at the market research and you find like what do millennials, what do some of the newer generation, what do they value? Whereas maybe people in my generation or the generation before, it was uh, more about ownership. Now it's access. Yeah. It's just let me stream. I don't have to own it, but let me let me have the whole buffet. Let me have yeah. the whole thing, and I can use whatever I mm. want, how I want. Yeah. Uh, and uh, that makes sense for a for a gaming tool. Mm. Um, and that was kind of the original thought. Is so what I always want instead of like having a GM go and say, well, I have this session coming up. Let me buy. Let me spend a dollar or two for a couple tracks, and I hope I get to use them again. That wasn't the original vision. The vision was, I've got another session coming up. Let me open this treasure chest of tons of audio and let me find cool things that I can use to highlight that session. Mm. That was the vision. That was the dream. Yeah. And I'm just, it's so great that we've been able to finally get there. Yeah, yeah. No, totally. I mean, you, you raised a couple of interesting things, actually, because as, as you were talking, I was going, because um, I'm assuming... You know, because if you do anything like sort of creatively, because I get asked this fairly frequently. Uh, by the way, that will be Alex's dog in the background. Don't worry about it. Sorry, <laughs> every, he's quiet every other time, but when he knows it's quiet time, he feels he needs to be protected. He needs to be heard like a father. Relax, relax. I'm on a podcast. It's quite. Right. It's totally okay because, like, I mean, although I do have a dog, as Alex knows, uh, I think I think I just got my dog last time we spoke, actually, um, and or at least I was thinking about getting one. I can't quite remember. I think I just got him. I think is my guess, but um, but yeah, uh, my dog's the quietest dog in the world, so you won't hear him. You're lucky. <laughs> yeah. he, he is. He normally is. But then, of course, he knows like Daddy's doing something really important, and then he decides that's the t- that's the one time to bark. Like having a small baby. Right. Right. Yeah. 
Yeah, we. I need your attention now. Um, <laughs> when I least don't, when you least, when you need something to do, yeah. Um, that's that's how life works, isn't it? Um, but yeah, because we talked. I'm pretty certain we spent a great deal of time talking about dogs last time we were on. But uh, yeah, it was fun because yeah. we said we were better than humans. I think that's what I asked you. But um, <laughs> but yeah, I totally agree. The Ricky Gervais, the Ricky Gervais point. Dogs are better than humans. I totally agree. Um, but anyway, so so the thought I was getting at before um, your your dog said hello was um. Uh, yeah, because you said about the the progress BattleBards has made, and I was saying that the, the question I get asked off, if I get any question, the most common one I get is like, you know, to be creative or like coming up with an idea, and you know, people get that sort of fear of like, if they got an idea, how do you like, I guess, put it into practicality reasons, and I always say, um, uh, and I'm intrigued to ask what you think, because the way you described it seems to me the natural progression that ideas make. But do you think, like, when someone comes up with a, essentially a creative idea it seems to be more poignant with, is that they, they get so fixated with the fact that it has to be, like, a perfect idea, when I don't necessarily think there is such a thing as a perfect idea. It's like it, you have to, like, kind of start step one and then fit, sort of... Not figure it out completely all the way, but like, the, but you've got to figure out some of it as you're doing it. Do you see what I mean? Do, is that something yeah, you preach? Yeah, uh, absolutely. Yeah. And, and in fact, it's that that's very poignant, not just in creative spaces, but in software engineering or, or yeah. product management, which is a lot what we do what we do here. And yeah. um, you know, there's a concept for for those engineers out there in the audience. Uh, I'm sure you'll 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 know the term agile, kind of agile development or, or uh, Scrum. Um, and and that's really kind of taking that concept that you just mentioned and really kind of applying it to software development. So yeah. it's about having the, a thinly sliced MVP or minimum viable product, and uh, and then kind of uh, getting some early feedback. So then, if you need to pivot on what your kind of what that feature rollout was, mm-hmm. you can kind of adjust uh, for what the market is expecting, what your users yeah. are kind of expecting. So th- that's a really good. That's kind of one of the examples of, of of what you're mentioning. So when we sit down and new, do a new feature, we I, I always have to hold myself back and the rest of the team of don't over engineer the initial solution. Yeah. Um, Let's let's deliver one little package of value. Yeah. Uh, and then, because many times you'll you'll deliver it, and then the users will be like, "Oh, that's not quite what we're looking for." Or it doesn't get used, or, or maybe they use it in a different way. Hmm. So you need to be able to be like, "Oh, wow!" So this whole vision that we had for this, it's still kind of there, but now we need to pivot and we need to tweak it in another, hmm. another direction to really deliver what users are asking yeah, for. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, I'm, I'm a big proponent of. Uh, baby steps. You you just kind of release things in little packages, mm. and and if you see some of the stuff that we're doing on the site, that's that's actually, actually yeah, exactly, yeah. And I definitely said I remember say, I remember complimenting you complimenting you about this the last time. Is I definitely have seen that. Like I mean, but we could say that about both our both our situations. Is that mm-hmm. um you you got I I I I de- like I remember when I did my hundredth episode and looked back to the first one and I was like oh I think I've been pretty much the same and then you like you have this warped idea <laughs> and then you suddenly like listen back to it and go I've definitely understood what I'm doing uh, as you get as you progress and like um I, I was actually thinking as you were describing your answer which was really a good point because you in a consumer. In a consumer world, that's definitely more true because you have to basically adhere to what the consumer wants. Like, you know, um, it, the the idea, like, because I see people get very stubborn and go, but it's my idea is perfect and I refuse to change it. And I'm like, well, see how long that lasts um, if that's what you want to <laughs> do. Um, because, yeah, it is all consumer-based ultimately. Um, you, you do what makes them happy. The customer's always right, I guess, kind of 
argument. Um, but I think, uh, as you were talking, I, I was thinking about that sort of. Im- uh, I would like to apply that to people in in life, uh, in that like I think a lot of the time people just look at the the end goal of something. So say like you want to write a book or something like that. So that's a good example because like they'll go, but there's so many chapters and so many words, and then like I remember there's a, a streamer that I'm a huge fan of went, but if you like set aside say a month and then set aside two hours every couple of days and then you start just writing, you'll see how quickly you can go towards that goal. And if you don't reach it within a month, then you've still done more than you did a month ago. And, like, it's that kind of approach to things that makes it interesting. Um, I was going to say, so so if you could, like, put a percentage on it, like, how how much has it changed from the original idea of BattleBards, like, would you say? Oh, man. Um, It's it's weird because I'd almost say it's it's not, like, a, a distance, it's... It's like angle at first when we first envisioned this. It's kind of where we are now, but that's not the road we took to get here. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, um, you know, we, we just envisioned like just a soundboard, a mixer, and a bunch of audio that we would do as a subscription. But boy, we did not start there. Uh, we yeah, did yeah. just like a, a kind of a, a prototype soundboard, which was different than what we envisioned. And then it was a discrete purchase model like iTunes. And we sort of just stumbled our way to where we are now. So it's 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 just now where I'm finally realizing, <laughs> ah, that's the vision I had way back in the day, yeah. years and years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but, you know, it, we went through some interesting roads, right? Some yeah. interesting turns on, mm. on our way there. Um, so actually, it's we're, we're just now where I kind of really wanted to be. <laughs> Great. <laughs> it took a takes long time, doesn't it? Yeah, it takes time. Uh, yeah, it, um. it sure does. But, you know, finally for... For just a couple, you know, for for a couple bucks a month, I, we can now give GMs this Hollywood level quality of audio to really help bring that life in their games, that that feeling of anxiety or joy or dread mm. um, that you know you you sometimes feel in a really good movie. I, I just want to, you know, we want to make sure that we bring that to the tabletop yeah. experience. Of course, yeah. So as we should, as we should say, because we've been seeing what Battle Bards as a name is, but like, so, so just for people who are listening for the first time, as I say, uh, Alex has been on a few times, so like, if you, if you like the sound of this, I obviously encourage people to start from the beginning, because it's actually, you will get to hear the transition of just, not only me and Alex talking, and getting to know each other in that sense, but like, I, I, the progression that BattleBards has made, just through the podcast we've done, I mean, I think this is the fourth, probably fourth or fifth one, I would say, something so, like that, yeah. Um, <laughs> so yeah, so yeah, over, over the four years I've been doing this or whatever it's been so yeah because I was even remembering right I mean just as a little funny little uh, nostalgia thing because I, I, I would be so great if I remember this because my memory's terrible but didn't you you did a you did a, a, a kickstarter before BattleBots didn't you wasn't it like Orange yeah, ca- yeah, Orange, right. Orange County Orange sharp. County Gaming Group was it something like That's that right. look at right. look at yeah, me look at me go everyone who listens to this sure. everyone who listens to this who <laughs> says I've got the shittest memory in the world <laughs> will be like Oh my god! I remember someone's. Ki- I remember the, your first original Kickstarter. Um, that's right. Yeah. That's right. That was like the Kickstarter that we just did as kind of a, a bunch of friends of mine, just to see yeah. if this crazy zany <laughs> idea was even <laughs> worth it. Yeah. Like, could we really get like top talent, like top audio talent, to even do audio for tabletop gaming? Like back then, that was like a ludicrous <laughs> idea. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so just wanted to see if anybody would be interested in. Like, thank God, if the answer was yes. It was good though because I mean I, we're laughing about it now as a little nostalgia trip. But like I remember you seeing the first podcast me and you ever did together was that um, y- you spoke very candidly about like you know because we were talking about Kickstarter 
and how much like you learned about the Kickstarter process by just doing that. Um, and that's a great example of like you know like I guess going straight into the front line and just seeing how it is in a practical sense and like learning from there because I remember you very very candidly saying that going we made some mistakes but we've we figured it all out and like you know obviously your your, your kickstart has started to to work out from that point on so um, yeah it's pretty pretty darn good yeah <laughs> yeah so remember I mean I, I remember we we talked in how. How just how draining and how tough Kickstarter yeah, is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You were you were thinking about doing one too. Yeah, I did. Uh, yeah, yeah, it, yeah. I might still do. I mean, um, it's it, it it yeah. It's just um, I, I my answer to that is that like as I've been saying to people because I keep getting asked all the time what's happening with the because because there's a seri- there's a pilot of a series just sitting in my computer on my computer and like. The the real reality of the situation, because like um, I I can talk about this because we talked about it on the podcast, but like so many stuff has been coming up for me in the last year after I filmed it that I I literally haven't got the time. Um, and through talking to yourself and another friend of the podcast called Chris Birch who runs Modifius Games, which is a board game company, and he, they they do Kickstarters for a ton of money. And I just I I've 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 spoken to everybody privately, and Alex included. And um, I know how seriously you've got to take it. And so the fact that I know you've got to take it seriously makes me not want to do it until I know I can do it properly. Um, so that that's honestly the honest answer. And like whenever I have a sl- slotted time, um, w- you know, because I talked about this on a few podcasts ago, then my mom's not been doing very well. And so that, that legal situation has meant that like I, I have no spare time anymore. Um, so... That that's the crux of the situation, but like, but but it's good it's good that you raised that because that like I, I'm just telling you like I guess I through Alex and hopefully through I mean we've had a ton of people kickstart and we had a Kickstarter person on last last time, um the last podcast we did before this and it's so time consuming and you've got to really know what you're doing so that I guess I I, I guess in a nutshell the experience of doing this podcast and talking to people like yourself has made me respect the idea. Um, and I don't want to do it in a kind of like, you know, people who go, like we've joked about this before when they go, I'll just raise a box and go, this will be a board game with your money. <laughs> and I'm like, yep. no, I'm not going to do that because I'm going to look an absolute idiot and unprofessional and um, and all that kind of thing. So, um, yeah, I'm a bit like, I think that's what me and you share is that like I'm I'm pretty like um, OCD like whenever I uh, think you do an idea. So I really want to do a good job and so... I'm really reluctant to like pull the trigger on it until like I'm I, I I'm convinced I want to do it and it's like worth doing and all that kind of thing. So yeah. So yeah. Um, so that's that, that that's the right attitude. That's the right approach. Yeah. Because uh, you mentioned you know I you know whenever I speak to anybody in the gaming community or just anybody friends of mine who do a Kickstarter successful, and then when we talk about over coffee like hey you think about doing another one, and you can tell by the people who've done a successful Kickstarter for serious money they're like oh my god. I don't even want to think about that because it's, <laughs> it just it consumes your life yeah, to yeah. do it. Everything from prototyping to you have to make sure that you line up the proper media uh, announcements uh, a couple months before. You have to make sure that you man the, uh, the kind of the channel for the Kickstarter as it's going live. And hmm. you have a sequence of updates that are exciting and partnerships. And, I mean, it just goes on and on and on and on. Hmm. Uh, it's, it's, it's like a full-time job. It really hmm. is. Uh, so that's why, yeah, you know, um, it, it, you know, we, we get comments every now and then or, or questions, you know, coming into Battle Bars. Hey, you know, we have a Kickstarter coming up. Uh, would you help? And we're always like, yeah, yeah, you know, we're happy to help. Um, but then, uh, you know, being in this position, I've seen 
kind of what you mentioned, right? It's like people think like, well, I'll just hold up a box and say, hey, look, so I have this idea for a phone and it's going to be able to like call the moon and everything, but I just need a ton of money to do it. And I said, that's it. And they're like, you know, you feel bad when you go to the Kickstarter and they've got $12 because, you know, from grandma or something and you're just like, you're like, yeah, you know, like this could have been a great idea, yeah, but yeah. it just didn't have hmm. that 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 support that infrastructure yeah. didn't have all that stuff that's really needed to, yeah. to do a Kickstarter. Um, I, I've seen uh, I, I could uh, and also you know I guess because you know I'm technically in the the media media world and all the people I see who like show me Kickstarters and I've seen some really really good ones I've seen the flip side where I've seen a really really good one that just 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 misses out on what they're asking for and and all that kind of thing so I mean. Um, I don't necessarily. I do kind of believe in the philosophy of you make your own luck, but like I'm just saying, the other side of the coin is you can do a really, really good job and think that it it looks great, and then you, you think, oh, that's nailed on to to make the money it should make, and then it doesn't happen for whatever reason. And like, um, I think another worthwhile point to make as well is like it, you have to have like a team of people um behind in Kickstarter. Like, I know this other idea. Of, I commend anybody who does Kickstarters by themselves. Because I can't, I can't understand how the hell that's possible. Um, you know, um, which did Alex like shake, uh, Alex like um, nodding his head in agreement as I'm saying this. Because, because um, yeah, like, because I mean, do you remember? Can you remember? Uh, obviously, you remember the, the the first Battle Bards Kickstarter. Like, how many people were on staff then? Like, how many um, people did you get to do? We had uh, back then. It was the very first one. We had like five people full time focused on. Yeah, exactly. Guys. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think that's like that. That would be probably a minimum, a minimum. Sorry, I couldn't say that word for some reason. Yeah, that would be like the minimum for like a middle ground, you know, Kickstarter. I guess for whatever amount of money you asked for back in the back at that time. But yeah, like yeah, that that's probably standard. Yeah. So the idea of somebody who does that and that get you know gets a reasonable amount of money with by themselves, like you, they must never sleep for an entire month. Like that's the only way I can get around that. And as you say, it requires. Months of planning beforehand, um, um, loads of like social media stuff and like a person around the clock to answer questions and and various other things. So yeah, it's like um, I think that's another thing people don't realize is that you have to put you have to spend a really good amount of money before it even gets to Kickstarter. Like you know, like that, that that's that, right. Yeah, that's the other thing. So. That's right. I I was gonna mention the the most surprising thing when we first started was. That you had to spend money to make money, and you don't you think about that in business terms, but not in a Kickstarter term. Yeah, yeah. But you do. We, we had to pay for these amazing art assets. We had to pay for. I think we had some animation kind of in our Kickstarter just to make it have that polish, have that veneer like we are a professional uh, company. You know, we're, we're we're someone that that's taking this project seriously. Um, I, I think uh, there are some there are some folks out there that hire professional copywriters, mm -hmm. um, and you know, and, and, and this actually goes a long way to present yourself on Kickstarter as a viable, serious endeavor, serious project. Mm. And that that was most surprising to me. I thought like, well, we'll just kind of you know do the art ourselves, but there's a big difference between professional art assets and just stuff that we're trying to figure out to do ourselves on Photoshop. So yeah, that that really struck me. Mm -hmm. No, no, absolutely, yeah. I mean, um, because it does make a huge difference because uh, you won't be surprised to hear because obviously doing some sort of kind of podcast and stuff as I, uh, the most emails I get and I have to be really careful because, um, you know, and, and as you know, I'm, I'm pretty 
honest about my opinions about things is that um, when I do get requests for people to do Kickstarters, I don't want to be regarded as a conveyor belt to just go, yeah, this Kickstarter. I really do pick and choose what I say yes to. And I mean, that's a, that's a, that's a little back, you know, backhanded compliment to yourself because I actually... I, I always am really, really like stringent about checking what Kickstarters people send me stuff for. Um, because again, uh, I think that's me, and I say this to like anyone with any sort of business thing, um, is that like your reputation is involved with your name. So like if you attach yourself to something, that's you attaching yourself to that product. And if you don't agree with it or don't think it's a good idea, the advantage of owning your content means you can just say, well, no, I'm actually, I, I don't think that's any good. And so why should I, on my own show, go like, I really like it through like tinted teeth, go, yeah, it was great. I really enjoyed it, yeah. Right. <laughs> Whereas, yeah. yeah, so so in a sense, the person being on is an advocate of me enjoying it, if that makes sense. So, um, yeah, I think that's another example because I think people just, like, yeah, because I think, again, people who do Kickstarters just assume people are going to say yes to you for everything and it's not, it, it requires a lot of, like, you know, figuring stuff out and all that kind of stuff. And I'm, I'm just going off this, I'm just preaching what you've said to me privately and what uh, Chris has said and all that kind of thing. And, and it does require a little bit of luck as well, um, you know, to begin with. Um, but there you go. Yeah. Um, uh, what, what I was going to share, the other surprising thing we learned, and this is something that you only learn after quite some time after doing a Kickstarter, okay. is you have to take really good care of those first backers, even months and years down the line. Yeah, yeah. If you ever want to do a subsequent Kickstarter. So, yeah. um, you know, wh- whether whether you agree to this or not, um, people who back you uh, in a Kickstarter kind of feel like, I don't want to say privilege because that has a negative connotation, but they yeah, kind of feel like, mean. look, they took a chance on you mm. really early, so they should be treated a cut above yeah. uh, kind of customers that you get uh, throughout. So we've been trying to do that too. So, for example, when we're, we're launching subscriptions, so we haven't announced this yet, but when we when we, when we we uh, uh, put that newsletter out to our backers, uh, we're going to tell them they're, they're going to get some free months if they sign up. That's as cool. always, kind of as a way of always saying, like, look, we remember how you guys gave us our start years ago, and yeah. we continuously want to thank you for that. Mm. But that's something that um, you have to make sure you do, because then if you ever do another Kickstarter, and, and the word gets out that, oh, they just kind of want your money for this go, and then they're not really going to take care of you, that really kind of impacts that value prop, and that kind of really impacts that incentive to yeah. kind of get people to get in on the ground floor. Yeah, you know, that, that, that that's fascinating. Yeah, it's a really good point. Um, it's funny you say that because I, I listen to, um, I think another thing that happens as well, because you say like going on to another Kickstarter, I think that's even more relevant if you don't do something related to your first Kickstarter. Like, because um, what I mean is that uh, the example I was thinking of as you were saying this is I listened to the Nerdist podcast, which is what Chris Hardwick does. And he's one of the first podcasts I ever like got obsessed with. And I listened to one recently, and I encourage people to do so. I'm sure that obviously it's got a huge amount of audience anyway. But um, he's been getting a lot of back. He got a lot of backlash because um, he was doing less podcasts, and obviously he's known for like doing the Talking Dead and um, all the the after show stuff on on, on American TV. And he, um, um, I know it's shameful, isn't it, dog? <laughs> it's just shameful. I know. I agree with you. I agree with you, Alex's dog. It's awful. Um, but yeah. So, um, <laughs> but yeah. So, um, it, the point, the point that I'm getting to, which is what Alex just said, was that Chris Hardwick was getting some criticism because he was doing less podcasting, and I gained a, lo- a lot of respect for him because 
he went on the podcast and said, I actually think they're right. And the reason he said that is because he went, that this podcast and the amount of audience I gained, I had nothing when I started this. And like, so for people to say that I've like dropped the ball by not doing as many of, the, many of these as I should, it feels like I'm not doing them anymore. So I need to change that because I suddenly got told by people, you know, this podcast got you to where you are and you shouldn't treat it like an accessory because without this, this none of this would have happened. Um, and I think that's the, the thing that I see in Kickstarters where somebody gets a great idea and then does something completely different and then gets like pissed that they, <laughs> because they, they, they don't, as you say, they'll do like a, yeah, because I've heard people who like get negative feedback as well because I think, we you meaning like as well stuff like, I mean, I know it kind of doesn't, it doesn't quite correlate with your stuff, but I've heard people like, you know, deliveries taking years and all that kind of thing and, and all that kind of stuff, which leads to totally backlash of, you know, social media you know, website stuff, do you know what I mean? Like, I hear that a lot. Oh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and, you know, Kickstarter, especially when you're really early on, it's really hard to estimate when you're going to be able to deliver some of the value. And, and that definitely has an impact when you're going to launch the second one. Yeah. You know, nothing's going to tank your a subsequent Kickstarter when you're going to get a couple of users that say, hey, everyone, just so you know, it took them uh, over a year above and beyond what they said that they were going to take to deliver something. Yeah, that could really, that's something that's going to need some explaining. Yeah, and yeah. to be honest, to, to be totally candid, we took um, a, a lot longer than, than we thought. Um, and that's just because we really wanted to make sure that the audio that we were delivering, uh, so we delivered the audio that we said we did, but we really kind of bent over backwards to make sure that we were getting the quality that we promised. Yeah. So, uh, and, and that took a couple iterations. Um, so, you know, uh, unfortunately, that that's kind of the, the reality of that. You, you do the best you can to estimate it, um, and if you're late, you do what you can to kind of recompense uh, the, the the users, uh, the the backers, to say like you know you know we're sorry and, and this is kind of what we'll try to do extra to, to compensate. Yeah, um, no, it's, totally. it's a tough business. Hmm. It's 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 really it's really tough. If we had a crystal ball, you know, it, it would uh, uh, not be uh, as tough. But um, we, we do the best <laughs> estimates that we can possibly do. <laughs> but we don't, Alex. That's the problem. We don't. <laughs> what a shame. Um, <laughs> but yeah. So um, how many um, Kickstarters have you done in total? Just, so we did the we did the realm sound and then we did the one uh, the the official battle bards one and then we were thinking about doing another one but as, as we've been talking about Stephen it's yeah. just like oh my gosh really <laughs> we really yeah, yeah. <laughs> my next question so, like, so when's the next one oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> don't so stop I think right now right I think right now the focus is like let's try to grow organically. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we don't have to put our wives and girlfriends and significant others and all this through this type of hell, yeah. um, this special type of hell. So, um, yeah, so we're, we're just trying to grow organically for now. Um, that You know, we launched the sci-fi genre. We did some sci-fi tracks, uh, which is cool. the first time we did that. Yeah, I'm uh, that, yeah. And, and we, have, we have a bunch of other stuff in the works um, that I'm hoping can help us even grow much more. So I want to start getting our next major wave of audio sourcing off the ground. So, um, you know, up until June, we're already locked in. There's going to be a couple hundred more tracks coming out. Uh, but I, I'm really excited about the next stuff, and I'm excited to to work with communities like yours, Stephen, and like cool. tell people, have people tell me what do you want? Because I've got all kinds of ideas, but yeah, I'm yeah. not a thousand gamers. I'm one. I'm <laughs> one guy. Yeah, yeah. So I love like going on Twitter and having people be like, "Why don't you have so and so?" And yeah. seeing that passion, like, "Why don't you guys have this?" Like, you know what? You're right. We should have this. And <laughs> let me write that down and see where we. Can yeah, let's see what we can do. Yeah, 
Yeah, right. there's another thing as well, like, because, um, you know, obviously for the people who are new listening to this, if it's the first time hearing Alex on, is, um, is yeah, um, the, the the original idea was to do, you know, audio sounds, you know, like tracks, essentially, uh, to play along with, you know, tabletop gaming. So if you're doing, like, a role-playing of, like, I don't know, uh, Dragon Age or Dungeons & Dragons or something like that, um, you can have, like, a cinematic experience. But, like, I remember seeing the last time, I remember it was particularly the last time, because... Um, the the sound mixing, um, I remember saying was such a brilliant idea. Um, so can you explain what I'm referring to? Yeah, yeah. So the mixer. So this lets you take not just BattleBards audio, but any audio you upload. Yes. And mix it together to either create brand new assets. Like for example, I took part of a scythe trap, a catap- uh, no, a scythe trap, a a uh, sound of a uh, sword hitting a wooden shield uh, and a part of a fireball spell, and I put together a catapult asset by just using click and drag. You don't need to be like like Steven, who's an audio pro, who has all these awesome tools and knows everything about this. If you can click and drag and you can crop stuff and move yeah. stuff around, you can use the totality of the mixer. Yeah. So you can put these, these assets together to create completely new things. So when you look at like having access to 2,000 tracks – that could be multiplied by X number of your imagination because you can create anything else. And so that's one thing that it lets you do. Yeah. The other thing it lets you do is it lets you customize specific scenes. So, for example, if you're going to have a scene where the heroes uh, hit the boulder, that it's going to hit this part of the tower, and the tower is going to collapse on a monster as like kind of a big ending to a boss fight, you could actually script that in the mixer and hit a single play button and have that sequence play out. Yeah. Um, what I like to do is I stutter a lot when I speak in front of uh, a bunch of people, even if it's just my friends that I see you know, every week. Um, so what I'll do sometimes for an important monologue, I'll record it and I'll set it to music yeah. or I'll set it to a soundscape. Mm-hmm. So I don't have to worry about timing. I don't have to worry about you know so uh, making sure that I'm kind of keeping up with the right points. Yeah. I just like, look, I'll, I'll just sit in my office. I'll record it for you know uh, a couple seconds, uh, mix, put it on the mixer with that music and yes. just time it just right. And then all I have to worry about at the table is hitting play. Mm-hmm. Uh, and know, that takes so, so much. Cool. That takes so much off my my plate. That takes so much off my shoulders. Yeah, and not only that, like I, as you were saying, like you're prepared in advance. So like you you know that it, it there's nothing you know for anyone who doesn't enjoy like role playing as an experience playing table like uh, like in, in around around a table like you know imagining things like it's good to enhance the experience by doing that. But if the like you know the GM goes, uh, you just give us like 15 minutes, we'll take it. Like that, that really ruins the experience. So like it's great to know you can be prepared in advance and like you know you press baseball or whatever and or click a mouse and then you know you're you're like ready to go and it's like yeah because um i got all giddy there because i'm dying to tell you i'm dying to tell you about like because i can give you an example of how a game does that a little bit and how it applies to what you're doing because have you ever heard of a game called mansion of madness no um it's in the arkham horror like world you know do you know arkham horror the um the, the, there's a whole like um, uh, Arkham Horror is like a game in itself, but it's like a it's like a universe, and it's like it does investigations and stuff like that. So you get investigators, and like you you have to it you get like a bunch of tiles in a board game, and you put the tiles down. And the reason it's so cool, and it makes me think about what what you just said, is you get an app you get an app which goes on an iPad, and it plays like stuff, and so it it plays the like um story as you're doing it. So like 
it'll go and so this guy comes on and he goes there was a lot of trouble in the madness yeah and he like says like you know oh there's a town somewhere and then such and such and it sets the scene and it has music playing in the background and the idea is like you listen to the app and the app tells you how to play the game and like so you input like all the moves you've made and then the app figures it out and then all that kind of thing and like it only plays like the sort of like eerie thing in the background but I, I honestly think and your software is a great example of this how cool would it be if you could change the music to whatever the situation was because and like yeah it's a great example because whenever I think of that mu- whenever I play that game I think of the music just as much as the the board game so it really justifies how relevant your stuff is so I was, just, I was thinking of that just sorry as we were talking about your about battle bars like it's super cool um, anyway, yeah no 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 worries <laughs> and I think I think we talked about this in a previous uh, in a previous show like mm-hmm. the power that audio can really carries as far as being an evocative element and really yeah. uh, you know bringing forth emotion so what I like to do in my games every now and then is I'll you know I'll, I'll purchase the original soundtrack from a movie a movie that's super popular that I, I know that they've watched mm-hmm. uh, and it would be you know usually a track that comes on during a dramatic part of that movie and when I want to bring that same sense of drama in my game I'll play that track and even though my players won't remember what movie that was from they'll remember that they had a profound emotional experience or or an emotional connection and I get to now leverage that in my game so I think the example that I gave last time when I talked about it is in the movie uh, Braveheart when uh, yeah. William Waltz's wife is killed, there's a track that plays. Yeah. And even though you might not remember what that sounds like now, if I were to play it for you, yeah. chances are yeah. those emotions will be sparked up again. Hmm. So when I want my players to feel that sense of loss or sorrow or trepidation, I'll borrow from movies I know they've seen and likely connected with yeah. and use that in my game. And that's kind of the whole point of audio and gaming of is course, uh, yeah. we, we want to bring a whole universe to that stuff. Yeah. And just think, like, I mean, because the whole idea of, um, like, board games and, and the stuff we just mentioned, are like role-playing around a table, is to immerse yourself in fantasy and, like, imagination. But then if you think about, I remember we, I made this analogy last time, is that um, the best way of describing what we're talking about, because it, it is sometimes difficult to convince people to do role-playing but then i always say to people go to the cinema right and whatever like the next film it is that you see and close you are close your eyes for like i don't know a couple of minutes and just listen to the dialogue and you'll see how much relevance the sound has in the cinema because um it, it really does impact life and the greatest example of this did you ever see um did you ever see dunkirk um yes, yeah that's a great example of how sound can like really change the dynamic of a film because of how little sound there was but yeah how a lot of sound there was but there was no like music but it was all relevant to the story and like it made you immer- the whole idea was Christopher Nolan wanted you to be immersed in the the, the terribleness of the situation and it was phenomenal I, I couldn't believe how good it was and so simplistic you know so simplistic but anyway so yeah there's tons of examples of where it applies and like you know if you can do that on board games when you're doing role playing what a what a great what a great idea like you know that, that, that makes a great deal of sense and as Alex says what's cool about it that's the reason I think the sound mixing is genius because as you said like you can get stuff that you guys have made you know through really good voice acting we should say that because you know you said that last time is that the, the stuff's really good um, but yeah you can mix it with stuff that you've heard of that you have you know you've, you've purchased somewhere else else put it into the mixer and like you can make your own your own stuff up it's it's super super cool you're basically like your own sound engineer which is 
pretty darn, pretty darn, pretty darn exciting, you know. <laughs> that, that, that's that's exactly that. You're yeah. you're a gaming uh, composer. You're a gaming yeah. sound engineer. Uh, yeah, I think one of the coolest things that I did is I purchased um, the. Um, I think the the Gladiator soundtrack a while ago. Oh, and I thinking, I, you know this? I was thinking of the Gladiator soundtrack earlier. Sorry. Anyway. <laughs> no, no, yeah, no. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's, yeah. It's, uh, for those of you who are into kind of some, uh, looking for some gaming audio, uh, the Gladiator soundtrack is, is uh, you're going to get a lot of use out of that, um, especially if you're going to play some pretty dramatic uh, yeah. types, uh, types of games. Uh, and I'm looking it up right now just because I'm embarrassed that I don't <laughs> know it off the top of my head uh, who the composer is. I should know that. Is it Hans Zimmer? I don't know. Uh, it might, be, it might be. That's my guess. Almost everything that Hans Zimmer does, I love. Yep, it's Hans Zimmer. Of course it oh, is. Oh, cool, me. Um, so, yeah, for anyone that's keeping track, that's two points to me for geek points. Yeah. Um. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Um, but yeah, uh, oh my gosh, uh, one of my bucket list items is yeah. he is my idol. Uh, when yeah, he's uh, brilliant, Hans Zimmer. Yeah. He really is, man. Yeah. Uh, it, it's, it's weird. Uh, I bet you, for people who don't know him, um, I'm willing to put money that if you were to make a list of all those movie soundtracks that you like, chances are it's all going to yeah. be on Zimmer. Because mm-hmm. uh, that, that's how I discovered him. I'm like, you know what? I happen to like this track. Oh, and this one from this movie. And then all of a sudden, there's this eureka moment. It's like, oh my gosh, this is all one composer. This is nuts. Yeah. Um, the reason I don't... Yeah, the reason I know him, because, I mean, that's kind of what made his name, I think, isn't it? That, that's the, at least that's the one I most remember him for. Um, but, yeah, didn't he do The Last Samurai? That's the one I remember him doing. Yeah, he did I that, yeah. I've just, I just Googled him. He did The Last Samurai, yeah, and all the Dark Knight films and um, Dark, yep. yeah, Pirates of the Caribbean. Yep, um, I've got a bunch. He even did, uh, for those of you uh, uh, video games, he did the Crisis 2 main theme, or I think he oh, was yeah. in a, I think he was a consultant for oh, wow, the that's Crisis cool. That's so. cool. I did not know that. Yeah, so that's in, my, uh, that's in my video game collection. Oh my god! Oh, I love it. Best guesses you're gonna find, it, yeah, in yeah. my opinion. Okay, um, but cool. yeah, so for the mixer, like what I did is I, I set one of the gladiator pieces to like a wind soundscape, and it was just this. It's almost as if like it was written for that. It's just <laughs> uh, the the kind of ebb and flow of the winds. Yeah. With uh, what track did I use? Was well, it Now We Are Free? Probably. Uh, no, no, it was not. Oh, now I we love are Now We Are Free. free. Because well, as you're uh, talking, I just want to go. It's so brilliant, so brilliant. Sorry, I'm probably uh, butchering it, and I don't know how much I don't know how much I can hum without being sued. But <laughs> <laughs> so that'll be it. That, that's enough. That's enough. That's enough. I think it's about, I think it's like thirty seconds or something. So, and I did. I, I actually and I sang it. I didn't actually play it, so it's fine. Um, it's right. It doesn't count as a performance. Yeah, uh, yeah exactly. Yeah. It was my own interpretation. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. It was my own. What do they call it? It's like rappers, isn't it? I, I, I was talking to a friend of mine about this the other day. Like rappers to like because we think it's a my joke. Me and my friend did was that we thought it was a way of them getting out of copyright. Is they just say remixed <laughs> to get out of like any copyright issue they go yeah. oh it's uh, such and such which is a really popular song remixed oh, oh we can't yeah. do them damn it <laughs> yeah there, there's a bunch of like there, there's like uh, uh, copyright law especially in the US is really complicated and yeah. there's some thoughts like oh if all you do is change the pitch uh, <laughs> you can get around copyright law which is really I'm, I'm kind of sure that's not true there might be some derivative of that that people have used in the past um, but well, it's it's actually pretty complicated. Well, yeah, um, to think that like all these like um, songwriters that get sued for like having something that's even remotely similar, 
Like there was yeah. a huge one. I don't even know what happened to the one, but the the the, the, the really big one that I heard of was the Ed Sheeran one. I don't even know what's happened with that, but um, supposedly like there was a song that like one of his like big hits. You play it with another song, which is by some random person. It wasn't like a well-known gap person, but it was remarkably similar. And right. so basically, what happens in copyright law is they have to they have to prove that he it, he he knew of the song beforehand. Um, that's basically the gist. As in, did he hear it? Um, because if you didn't hear it, it's it, it's just by acts by happenstance. But um, but yeah, if, but my point is, if that happens in like lyrics or something that sounds remotely similar, I'm assuming if you just change something to be slightly a different tempo or whatever, or as you said, pitch or whatever, then then surely that's not far off what we just described. I would have thought, but. And yeah, and you know, um, yeah. So over the years, uh, we, you know, we 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 uh, we've become really protective of our talent. So we have a lot of really good talent. Uh, mm-hmm. And again, these are talents that they they do Coca Cola commercials, they do yeah. feature films. I mean, th- these are some serious names, and um, we have to do what we can to protect our talents from piracy. And, and of course, you know, we 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 fight piracy uh, as often as possible. That our sites will come, our, our tracks will come up on you know, all these other kind of uh, audio sharing platforms. And, and as much as we would just love to to have, you know, kind of this, this free exchange and, uh, and and we work really hard with our talent to make our tracks and our subscriptions super affordable, I mean, the, the fact of the matter is it's just if it were all free, we couldn't incentivize the quality and the level of talent that we work yeah, with yeah. to commit all the time it takes for them to create these amazing, amazing experiences. And, it, and I got to tell you um, – so, so to give you an example, I did a quick, quick behind-the-envelope calculation a couple months ago of how much time I've spent as audio director auditioning talent uh, for the tracks that we have already, and a conservative estimate is 2,500 hours. Wow. Uh, and that does not include all of the hours that everyone has put in, all the, the talents have put in on their tracks. And that, I'm talking auditioning, and, and a lot tracks don't make the cut. Um, you know, uh, mastering and, and kind of editing and kind of going into post mm-hmm. for a lot of these. Yeah. It's thousands and thousands and thousands of hours. And without being able to monetize that in some way, I, I mean, we, we'd be absolutely dead in the water. I mean, yeah. this, this this would never go anywhere. I don't think th- th- that's a really honestly good thing to say because I think that's one thing that people who do that kind of stuff don't realize that, like, you're actually, with ah. people like yourselves who are, like, sort of, in a sense, independent you know, independent businesses and that, you know, you're doing it for yourself, blah, 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 um, you know, so the, so the idea that you're doing that means that you, you, the money is going to just do more stuff, you know, that that's ultimately the, 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 the goal is to, you know, so if you are, for the sake of like a dollar, a couple of dollars, if it's just a track that you're, what you're after, that actually like goes directly to the, the actual company that you're doing. It's not like, I think the mistake people make is that they take people like ourselves, because it's the same principle for any, any money that I get, is that it, the principle is it goes right back into the product that you're buying. Like, so it's actually a really good model you know, for a consumer, because you, 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 I mean, I know, as you said it quite rightly, you said earlier, you can't guarantee a trust in people, and obviously people do abuse that, abuse that assumption some of the time, but for the most part, people like ourselves, when it goes directly to us, is that we can use it effectively, and the problem is, is that with mainstream companies, is that, you know, some, some of them do abuse that, that, that right, and then it leads to, you know, people not trusting people like ourselves as much as they maybe should have done, but um, I, I, I'm just saying, I think, because they have that that look of like they treat everybody like we're all like a mainstream 
you know, multifaceted company when we're actually just something, somebody who's just going, we like to continue to do this thing, so <laughs> if you wouldn't mind, you know, paying for it and whatnot, but, um, you know, it's like that argument yeah. of, I got really pissed at a podcasting once, Alex, where somebody said, like, it was an argument about, I was on a panel, and they were arguing about, like, so if I, like, giving stuff for free, because obviously anyone who wants to listen to this, it's free, as in to, to download and listen to it. But the idea is that, like, they went, so uh, what, what's, the, what's the issue if somebody took your podcast or something? Because this has happened with a lot bigger podcasts than mine. And, like, put advertising in it and put it somewhere else. Like, what's wrong with that? And I went, what? <laughs> like, I couldn't believe that they didn't get well. I'm like, because it's my intellectual property. This is not understanding intellectual property. It's like, it's my intellectual property that I'm deciding to send it out for free doesn't mean that somebody else can decide to just take it and then go, I'm going to make money off it. That's not how it works. Like, um, it, 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 it's so dumb. Like, it's just the thing is, it's like nobody, there's certain people who just don't get how stuff works. Um, so yeah, they just think that it's, um, that, that what's the big deal kind of thing. So yeah, it's good that you said that because hopefully... Well, um, um, good thing I wasn't on that panel. Uh, <laughs> you would have got went. I'll like, just jump the table. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, but again, okay. So um, I'll I'll make I'll That'd make a great. confession yeah, here on 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 this podcast. Um, I don't have a Lamborghini. <laughs> I don't have a BMW or a Mercedes. In fact, I am willing to bet my car is worse than a majority of people listening. Yeah, yeah. Um, so what you said really hits home. Yeah. It's, we just we just need the money so we can keep doing what we love, mm. uh, and um, I think we mentioned before, uh, Stephen. It's hard for almost anyone in the in the gaming space, especially tabletop gaming space, to make a ton of money. Yeah. Um, so that's not really the the incentive. It's just that we're giving that money to the artists so they they can turn around and justify making more. So maybe when that next commercial comes up, that next Coke commercial or, or whatever cool stuff that they're working on comes up, they would choose us. With yeah, a limited time instead exactly. of and then, yeah, and yeah. then we amazing pieces. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yes, as much as I would love to, uh, I'm sure my wife too would love to to think like, oh man, we're gonna make a ton of money and get a beautiful house or something. Yeah, that's not quite happening, uh, mm. and, and and that's okay because I love doing this. Yeah, uh, I love being part of this community. Um, so I'm having a lot of fun. But when that electric, the electricity bill comes or the rent comes, <laughs> I gotta pay it. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> and yeah. modestly. So yeah. Uh, yeah, it's just you know. So piracy, it really hurts. Um, yeah. And, and it just it just doesn't let us do as much as we like to do. So yeah, for like but subscription, you know, we 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 do try to monitor uh, people who are sharing accounts. So we we kind of do some on the back end to try to make sure that people aren't abusing it. But we also just put on the front just saying like, please don't. Uh, yeah, you know, yeah. Kind of, uh, and um, I guess it, on the positive side, it looks like enough people aren't doing that. Like, I mean, from for right. the most part, so that's that's right. nice. That's nice. Um, yeah. You know. So yeah. So I mean, we're we're talking about a fraction of a fraction, I would say. So, um, hopefully, it'll stay like that. Um, but yeah. So um, but no, it's it's really really wise to say that because I, I yeah that that's that I, I I find that baffling when people don't really quite get how detrimental that is to people like ourselves like um you know um, well especially like taking your content and then making money <laughs> off it like <laughs> wait what i just couldn't understand why that person went what's the big deal and i'm like uh <laughs> like i didn't even know one of the things where I, uh how do you where do you even start like 
I mean, you know, because it, because um, I, I, I won't, I, you know, if you if you want to Google this, you'll see exactly who I'm referring to. But there was a huge controversy. This was a few years ago now, where there was a podcast site. Because I've seen podcast sites done this with my podcast, and they do it with loads of them. Um, is to make like a listing because a lot of listings like people don't realize for podcasters that iTunes is just a list it's just a list that you type in something and it comes up a list of whatever it is that you search so it is it's basically a Google thing for a particular thing because they don't host anything um, so that's why iTunes is like you know done a good job because they you know they can save a ton of money that way um, but it's just accessible basically like, like um, Alex was saying it's about accessibility these days more than anything so podcast listings in different websites and stuff podcasting sites to get like kind of their content and like have a place to go would put like podcast listings so they'd take your RSS feed of your podcast and put it up and because RSS feeds have a list of information about what your podcast is would just make a page for your podcast and like and do it with all the ones that have got a re- reasonable amount of, of, of listenership um, but what a certain site in America was doing and if you google this you'll, you'll find out exactly who I'm talking about because they did this with loads of mainstream ones is that they did that and then put their own advertising in and made their own revenue and didn't tell any of the artists they were doing that and they got sued an absolute ton um so yeah so 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 there's your answer the person who asked me this on the, on the panel <laughs> is that you're breaking the damn law <laughs> so there you go even if it's like something where podcasting like do subscriptions like like i always say to people if they ask in a legal sense what does it mean legally if if i was charging people for a podcast and they took it and the same applied it's the same if it's free it makes it makes no difference. It's because you're taking somebody else's property and and, and selling it and selling it um, as your own, basically. That you have the entire rights for it when you don't. Um, so, so basically, if they if anyone did that and advertised separately, then I should get a majority of that money, or we they would they should have a contract with me to agree to do that. You know, that's how it essentially works. But yeah, it's just baffling the way see people look at things. But there you go. Um, an interesting thing I wanted to ask because obviously we were talking about role playing stuff, which is which is uh, you know because because obviously you know an example for the software for BattleBards is to play role playing with a group of people, um, and I know this is like a really unfair thing to ask Alex, but like um, having a I've 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 had a new relationship I, I started a new relationship since the last time you were on, and I've been trying to convince my girlfriend to do role playing games because when I first mentioned that I did play role playing games, she did the whole do you like she did the whole like stereotypical and she's 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 um you know beautiful and awesome and and you know she she's interested in board games and stuff because i i showed her some of the stuff that i i play but when i said like role play and she did the classic like so do you sit around with a robe and just pretend stuff do you <laughs> <laughs> and so i'm kind of like asking alex as a bit of friendly advice like what do you what would you what what and i'm assuming you might get asked this in emails or whatever but like what would you say like as as a way of encouraging people to do role playing games i'm kind of asking you that in a kind of semi serious but also in a serious sense as well sure yeah yeah, no, the, the, yeah i yeah the, the, this comes up every now and then and uh just by by sin of being a, a game master for 20 years um okay, okay. yeah so uh usually when when i'm introducing someone new uh, to the genre um what i'll we'll usually advise is is Forget all the stereotypical, archetypical stuff that you've heard of, of role players because that tends to be exaggerated. We, you know, especially very few people actually LARP, live action role play, so we don't put our helmets on, uh, put on <laughs> some plate mail, and then bash each other with swords uh, and say, I throw a fireball at you. Um, so that, that, that's really not kind of what happens. So what I say is um, come and just watch the first game. 
Mm-hmm. Don't you know? You don't have to participate. Just just come and just watch to see, uh, kind of as a way of dipping your toes in, just to see kind of how it is. Uh, and mm-hmm. every group has their own uh, uh, types of things that they like to do. Some literally just have it as a narration where it's like, uh, and you guys uh, go to the tower. What do you do? I open the door. Okay, you open the door. Others at least will go into uh, speak as their characters. So if I'm playing a gnome, it's like, I'm going to come in and I'm going to open the door and throw a fireball. Uh, so yeah, so <laughs> yeah. everyone kind of has kind of their own flavor. Uh, some people like to, to dress in armor, uh, but then still speak normally. So there's all kinds. It, it, mm. it, it's, all, it's just a rainbow. It's a spectrum. Yeah. Uh, of different ways that people like to roleplay. So I would say is like, uh, just come and visit the first game and yeah. see if you're comfortable with how they interact and how yeah. they approach the R O L E mm. aspect of roleplay. Yeah, exactly. Uh, uh, and uh, and you know, and, and maybe if you're someone that just really likes to roll dice and kill monsters, but not so much speak in voice or or kind of really get deep into the, the lives of NPCs and stuff, yeah. then there are groups for that. Yeah, if there, you know, I tend to run very gritty, very intense, very dramatic games where we deal with a lot of really serious stuff. But that only appear, appeals to certain types of people. Exactly. I've had players break down and cry, <laughs> and that made me feel really bad, but also really good that I was able to affect them in that way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, because the games get so intense, uh, and but that's not for everyone, you know. Yeah. So, yeah. so the, the advice I would give is just come and watch. Yeah. Um, see what you think. Um. And uh, if that's something that, you know, you'd be interested in getting into, you kind of ease them into it. So that's yeah. from the, the first starting advice. That's a great, great, that's a really good way of approaching it, yeah, because um, I think that's the, that's the, the, the I guess the, uh, how do how do for a best phrase it's like the stereotype I guess maybe of what um of what people perceive it to be is that it's like it's either like it has to be like ex- the extreme version or nothing um I guess that you know it's, it's a stereotype for a lot of things because like what I was thinking as I said I did a, um one of my favorite role playing games which I really would like to do again was uh, Dragon Age the the role playing one um because I really love the video games. And yeah, I played that for about six months. We did like a huge, a, a weekly six-month campaign, and um, we did that over Skype. So it was not we weren't even in the same room, because um, it was like a, a friend of mine who lived like you know down down the country, like he lived south of me. So it wasn't like logistically possible for us all to get together. So um, we did it all over Skype, and it was super super fun. And like, it was like a couple hours on a Tuesday or something, and like so so like all the stuff that, that Alex just described. Um, I'd only we only did like a, a certain number, so it would be like, but it but it was all like narrated, and it was all like you know we we could decide what to do, and our GM was all like prepared in advance and stuff, so it was all like we had a he had a rough idea where we were going, um you know with the odd twists and turns, and um it was it's really fun. So yeah, I think Alex is is spot on because I think yes, yeah, so that, that's exactly what my to 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 reveal my answer to my girlfriend is I went like. Um, it doesn't have to be like that if you don't want it to be. Like you know, um, it, it's just a case of like we we can do something like really a really like casual role playing game and see if you like that and then go from there. Because um, you know, it's funny. I, I think that's actually a really good observation you made there. Because when I first started getting into this many moons ago, <laughs> um, which, uh, just because I was really young when I was into this stuff, was um was um yeah. Whenever you see people doing role playing in a table, it looks cool. Like I've I've never I've never I've never looked at it and went you know butcher losers or something. As I've went oh that's really cool I really want to be involved. Um, so if you think that you should try it. Like that that's I think my sort of advice because I, yeah. I, I I I've been around people who have went that looks cool and like I and be scared to try it. I'm like just try it. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's 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 the same thing like uh, when you're in high school and you're thinking about maybe getting involved in drama class. Like sometimes you'll see you know you know, yeah. kind of, you know student actors acting and like that's kind of cool, but that's scary. And, and yeah, I, I can see that. But you're with friends. Yeah, you're all kind of you know you were all you know non-pro actors, but it, it's really acting. And I remember you know it's funny. Um, I remember years ago um, we were we were starting up a new campaign. I was DMing and I was uh, playing an NPC at the time, and I was playing with a very experienced uh, uh, gamer, a good friend of mine, uh, Mikey Halby, and um, we 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 got into it. The, the NPC that I was that I was playing and, and his PC were were the, in this argument, and we were just back and forth. Tempers were flaring. We were throwing our hands down on the table, but we were in character. And then at one point, one of the players go, "Guys, guys, stop!" Like. What's going on? You guys are fighting, and we're like, "Hey, don't don't interrupt! It. We're we're in the zone. We're dang it! We're we're right there." Because uh, um, we we had stepped into our character so fully that we were kind of really in that zone, kind of acting in this game. Uh, so yeah, it, it's for different people. It's just uh, that they're, they're comfortable with kind of different levels of yeah. that role playing. So whether it's simply like uh, I argue with the orc. Or it's like, no, Orc, you're not going to take this person from me. And, you know, that type of an experience, yeah. it, it's really a spectrum. Uh, yeah. And it's just kind of whatever that group is most, com- yeah. most comfortable with. And, and I've had fun on both sides, whether someone's just kind of like a little more timid and just would like to be like, well, I'll just, can I just state what my character does mm-hmm. instead of actually acting out what mm-hmm. the character does? That's fine. You know, it, it's kind of however... Whoever person wants to experience this fantasy, this yeah. collective story. Yeah, because what I was thinking as well is that, like, you know, because people listening to this know that I'm a huge board game fan, and, like, I always say to, you know, if I ever, like, go on a Sunday, like, afternoon to my friends, and, and we sometimes play, like, really long board games, and, like, but I'm, I am I have to be in the right frame of mind to want to play them, like, you know, so I, I just as much enjoy playing, like, an hour to two hour board game than I do, like, a six hour board game, whatever, so if it's something like, I don't know, Through the Ages or, um, you know, Civilization or something like that, like, it can t- take a long time, but it doesn't necessarily mean that, like, that's all you want to play or something like that, because as you said... People who are really into, because you do get geeks who are, um, you know, who are into, um, and I say that in a in a positive sense, are are into like wanting to play the you know, you know the eight hour like war games and stuff. I've seen my friend who he has a, a separate room, uh, full of war game stuff that are like twelve hour plus games, and like I see them and go, God, my, my brain would just start to freeze if I started to play one of them. Like they look they look really complicated. Um, but if he's he, if he's into that, it's it, as you said, it's like um, that might be like a sort of niche thing. But like not everybody's into that. You know, you got to find the right people for it. Um, but yeah, it's whatever you're sort of comfortable with. I think makes sense. So yeah, um, I will persevere and see how <laughs> and see what my girlfriend does. It's still good. So when you when when you bring her into it, so be careful because at least you know. So I I've been fortunate to play with a ton of talented uh, and very experienced female gamers. Yeah. Um, there's, uh, you know, there's this, um, there's this wrong connotation. There's this wrong thought out in the male gaming community that um, I, I think it's just because, okay, th- th- there, there's a misconception uh, mm-hmm. from a lot of guy gamers that I have that I've played with that I've had to correct them on that they kind of roll their eyes when a girl joins the gaming table. Yeah. Uh, because they feel like, well, since it's a girl coming, she's either going to play a feminazi. Or she's going to play an overly sexualized character to try to get advantage yeah. in game and, and try to do this. And like, look, guys, that's that's not the case. And I think that's maybe happened over the years because too many times girlfriends of players would join and they yeah. weren't that serious or interested. Yeah, yeah. So they would do whatever they could to kind yeah, of yeah, yeah. derail it or, yeah, yeah, yeah. or, or be so. 
Um, but no, I, I, in fact, some, some of the most um, engaging and compelling characters that I've ever had the pleasure of playing with were uh, from female players. Yeah. Um, and, and even female players playing as male or female. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so uh, it, it's, it's, an, it's an awesome experience. And um, uh, being a GM, what I really like at the table when you have a mix of men and women is you have people with different emotional states. Yeah. Uh, with uh, different uh, ways that they react differently to scenes, whereas men would tend to kind of react the same way to, say, um, uh, a child about to be abducted or a hostage situation or, or, or something like that. Women actually bring often a unique perspective, which yeah. many times you, you, you don't get to experience. So it's a great, great, great uh, experience having a, a diverse uh, a group of gamers. It really makes for compelling stories. That's really that's really in, uh, that's a really good point because uh, you, you're making me like sort of reflect on the any like role playing stuff where I've played with with women and I actually would agree with you. Um, the the ones I remember playing with, um, they 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 like did like particularly when you said have very like varied reactions to certain situations. Like you're right because a lot of male people, a lot of ma- like, they usually like go. You know, that's why what you said was really interesting because it's slightly sort of hypocritical in a way because like, oh, well, girls are just going to play one way where I would say it's more likely you'll get a guy who just like, it'd be overly aggressive or mean or something. Like, you know, that's the common like sort of way guys will play something. They'll be the whole macho like, I'm going to defend everybody type thing where it would be quite nice to play a different character every now and again. But uh, yeah, that's, that's, that's really interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I think yeah, like, it, yeah, go on. Yeah. Oh, sorry. I was going to say, in many ways in role-playing, in, in gaming, we all play an alter ego. Yeah. There's always a seed of you <laughs> yeah. in anything you played. And yeah. I've played things from uh, spastic, crazy, chaos gnomes to steadfast, heroic warriors to bumbling wizards. I mean, but at the end, just because we're human, there's always a seed of us yeah. in every alter ego that we, that, that we play. Um, and it's just great seeing what those alter egos are in both men and women mm-hmm. um, as yeah. they as they step into different roles. Yeah, yeah, no, totally. I mean, it, that, that's it, and I'm being deadly serious when I say this. That's one of the reasons why I love playing role playing games and not just you know the board games and stuff like we're describing, but video games is the same way for me. Is because um, I usually play if I ever do any like fantasy, ro- you know, RPG type stuff. Is I usually play characters that are not like me because. Um, so I'm a little bit meaner, you know, or something like that, because I like to see what them what them type of reactions are, because I I'm nothing like that in person. So that's that's one of the reasons that fantasy is so interesting, you know, because you want to, you know, especially that the, there's a reason why people want to do the heroic characters, because you know, when, when's the chance to be heroic, you know, in a normal person's life, you know, it, you know, sorry, what was that? <laughs> no, right, right. Oh. <laughs> that's, that's, that's exactly right. Yeah. That's why you get to step into these alter egos. You get to be the, the 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 paladin that stands up against all odds. Because how rare in life can we do that? <laughs> yeah. or, or or like you said, you know, like I want to try to see what it would like to be to be a jerk. Yeah. Or, uh, to be a guy who's really mean, who's like <laughs> someone's is is drowning in quicksand and they asking for help and you say, well, how much are you going to pay me? Uh, you know, that type of reaction yeah. is. It's, it's fun to explore that, and that's the magic of role-playing, and that's the magic of gaming. It helps to do that. Uh, and, and again, so that's why I find it so fascinating when you allow the opportunity for a diverse set of players 
to play these alter egos. Yeah. Um, because you get so much of a range yeah, and, and totally. such potential for compelling story. Totally. I'm, I'm completely on board with you. Like, are you, you. I was laughing there because you reminded me of just a very quick story, then I'll wrap this up because I know I, I, I have to ring my mom soon. But, um, but yeah, so um, <laughs> the story you reminded me of um, <laughs> is we were playing Star Wars, the online game, uh, like um, the Old Republic, whatever it's called. And it has an interesting mechanic in that game because it's a multiplayer, it's an MMO. So me and my friends played it for a while, like for a couple of months or so. And they'd be they they were like veterans of they played it they'd played it for a couple of years and so they went oh we need like another team member so I went cool I play MMOs it's one of the few I haven't played so it has the like Paragon system like Mass Effect has where like what decisions you make like influence like your good versus evil so in in um in Star Wars it's the Force you know all that kind of, it's the Force versus the dark side so um in group scenarios um. You you would say which one you get to say, and it would uh, alternate. It alternates who gets to say them. So whenever my character came up, I went, "I'm gonna role play that this guy's a total asshole." <laughs> so, so every time it was like, "We should save this poor child. No one's seen them for ages." And then like one of the one of the answers would be like, "I hope she dies a painful death," <laughs> and I'd be like, "Click," and all the all the, all my group would get like bad like paragon scores because it would apply to all of them and like and but they were they were totally like the reason I say this is because that sounds like I'm a really bad making it a bad experience they thought it was hilarious and they like took it on board they were like oh that's kind of cool um, so they knew that when it came up to me I went oh here comes the arsehole he's going to say that <laughs> but I was like um, I went because what's the point in do, like if we did it all nice nice and we all agreed in, in, in time to do that that takes a little bit of joy out of the experience I find so if, if we make it a little bit different then then it, it, it doesn't make all the the situations like obvious or whatever you know if it, and, and it did lead to like you know in the storyline of the game that different things happen because I made them decisions so like that was cool I thought so yeah it is nice that's the yeah. whole point of fantasy uh, I think but anyway. yeah a, a buddy of mine in that game played a character he calls Fat Jedi <laughs> which just did the worst <laughs> possible decisions <laughs> in each and every dialogue. So just kind of a slob, slobberly type of Jedi. And just whatever was the worst possible thing to say, you know, he's yeah. it, which was a it's lot of fun. Great. It's, it's great. It's great, yeah. Because that, that's the only time, like, because, I mean, I'm like somebody who, because I grew up in a family where politeness is, like, really important. So, like, I, I like go back to people if I if I haven't said thank you to somebody I like chase after them and go I didn't say thank you I'm sorry <laughs> like I'm that kind of person in real life I'm a real softy but like um but yeah if I'm in like a game and something where I feel like I'm in the confines of like it's just a game it's just fantasy I'm like yeah I I, I don't mind um, playing the bad guy every now and again because it can be fun so you know that's that's really the argument that role playing can be really fun too if if you like sort of embrace it which I think is kind of the key thing of what we're saying. Um, but yeah, so to wrap things up, then, so as um, you said, as Alex said right at the beginning, um, obviously we listened to the whole thing, is um, you talked about the subscription. Um, so you want to explain to people like what the current situation with BattleBards is, so they can uh, check it out and whatnot. Yeah, sure, I'd love to. So um, if you go to BattleBards.com, um, you'll see uh, we have a, a new offer. So um, first of all, you're going to see a bunch of albums. So it's going to be very similar to like what you'd expect in iTunes, where if you just want to purchase just some key tracks or um, so we have music, sound effects, soundscapes, voiceovers, um, and now we have some <clears throat> mostly fantasy, but some sci-fi. So if you just want to purchase a couple albums, you can. However, what we just announced in March is uh, what we call BattleBards Prime. So Prime might be 
something you might be familiar with from some other service. Uh, but anyway, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> I know exactly what he was referring to there. But so uh, with, with the same kind of idea of, of whatever that other service is. Um, so uh, uh, Prime gives you streaming access to everything we have and everything that we will continue to produce. So on average, we release uh, tracks every month. Cool. Um, I think we're going to be set to release another 80 yeah. um, in, in uh, April. So we don't re- release usually like one or two. We, we try to release dozens uh, every, every month. That makes total, uh, sense, total sense. That makes total sense, yeah. Yeah, so so um, uh, for as a Prime member, you get to stream everything you want. You get access to all of our tools, so the soundboard, the mixer, and our online player. So when you're playing, like Stephen does, uh, you know, over Skype or kind of um, uh, virtually, uh, you can still kind of orchestrate your audio that way using BattleBards Cast. And for those of you that still want to purchase, um, I would still recommend Prime because as a Prime member, um, you get 20% off everything you want to buy. So even if even if you subscribe for a month just to get that discount, buy a bunch of audio and leave, that's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you would actually have uh, your subscription pay for itself. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so uh, that's kind of what we just did in March. We have a lot more coming. Um, we over we just overhauled the UI UX of the site, but don't don't uh, get used to that because even though this maybe isn't the best thing to do financially, we're overhauling it again because I'm still not happy with how clunky the UX is. Um, So expect a much cleaner, much more elegant uh, UI coming uh, in the next couple of weeks. Uh, And if you you sign up for Prime, uh, and we're going to extend this, so it was going to be just for the month of March, there was going to be these, we have these discounts now. Um, we're going to extend that for a couple weeks. Cool. Um, so if you sign up for Prime, you get to lock in these discounts uh, for, oh. for a while. Oh, great. Um, well, um, this will be released, like, in about a week's time, so it will still oh. be, that'll still be active, so that's great. Um, oh. But, yeah, all right, that's cool. Well, I'll, I'll not say what I was about to say, because, I mean, um, if you're changing it, that's obviously up to you, because it's, it, it ultimately, you know, your, your decision matters. But what I would say, as somebody who's seen all the interrogation of BattleBots, I think I told you this at the time, it does look better. Um, it does look. I, I do like it. Um, but yeah, it might, so I don't know. Maybe a little bit of tweaking, but I certainly like the look of it. Um, but yeah, so I'm quite surprised to hear you say you're changing it again because I thought I, I, yeah. I do like it. But no, so yeah. I I really appreciate that feedback. Yeah. Um, I think it's better than what it was. Yeah, I agree. Uh, yeah. But there's still some. I don't know. Maybe this is me just never being happy with anything. <laughs> it just it feels a little cluttered. Um, you know, I, I think the um, the browsing experience could be better directed. I, I, I think we could help you find what you're looking for without so much clutter. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's kind of what I have my designer uh, working on right now. So, you know, it would be interesting, Stephen. I'd like to then maybe show you kind of what we have in mind. Cool. Um, and it would be really neat to get your thought on um, kind of this, this new direction we're going. It just feels... It feels clunky. It feels busy. There's a yeah, lot of stuff. I know stuff what you mean. I know what you mean. Yeah, I mean for an opening page, it seems there's like a lot there. Yeah. So yeah, maybe I don't know. But um, but yeah, no. I I mean um, I was just surprised because I remember the last time you were on. I think it was um, from what I remember, the last time you were on, I'm pretty certain it was like coming soon. Like I think it wasn't yep. actually up yet. Um. Yep. So yeah. So like yeah. And I've been obviously I've been on it a few times. Um. So um. Yeah. I'm quite shocked. That you're changing it, but uh, but you know, um, I would say twe- uh, my my initial response is if you were tweaking it, I I would understand that maybe just less of it, 
Okay. Um, yeah, that would be my that would be my sort of yeah. So so one of the things that we just did now is we had kind of a nice artistic background mm-hmm. uh, instead of just this gray that you're seeing now when you go to browse. Mm-hmm. But that kind of made for longer page loads, um, and I want people to be yeah. able to bring this up. Uh-huh. Not only that, but also <laughs> clash. It <laughs> also clashed with all the colors of all the albums, and yeah. it was super busy oh. and super messy. Can't tell you the number of times you slapped my uh, my girlfriend does website design. And, oh. uh, and uh, my um my um my <laughs> one of the th- I'm just laughing because the number of times I hear people say it and like obviously it happens with any websites I'm involved in is where the amount of talk that goes into loading like how long loading takes like um I I I laughed when you said that because I totally know what you mean um you know because obviously not everybody has like you know because I for a business sense have always have the highest I've got a really fast internet connection but not everybody's that privileged so. Um, so yeah, so um, I, I totally get what you mean by that. That that requires more thought than I think people realise if they don't have a website. Um, That's the thing. You're know, like, yeah. or like trying to access us on mobile device yeah. or you know, a tablet or mobile phone. So yeah, yeah I kind of miss that really nice art. But again, it's just it, it made the colours too much and it made the load time. So yeah, I'd love to show you kind of what we have, and and I think it's going to help to bring attention to the tools. Um, it's going to also, the, the site that we're thinking of putting on lends itself to kind of be a, a self-guided tutorial, cool, which we yeah. don't really have now. Uh, so it's going to be an easier way to discover like, oh, you guys don't just do audio. You guys have tools too, which right now you wouldn't really know unless you kind of dug into the site a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I want people to come to, when they're coming to us for the first time, to know like, oh, it's not just an iTunes clone that's for gaming, but... Yeah, there's a soundboard, there's a mixer, there's there's all this stuff yeah. there that I also get. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that's yeah, kind of the I thought quite, here. I quite like it. I just think, um, you know, all the stuff with your partners, because I was thinking about this for my site, about, like, you know, like, I was going to put, like, all the stuff that we'd be mentioned on. There's a similar mm-hmm. pre- premise to what you guys do. Um, I would say put that in the, uh, the, in the, on the top right. Like mm-hmm. or something, or just like in a, in like in a smaller sense, because I think like all the stuff in the in the beginning and all the the stuff that seeing how many you've sold and all that kind of thing makes a great deal of sense. But then you get to the partners and it's just too long. Um, I would say because then all the stuff then you get to the bottom and it's like oh and subscribe to the newsletter. I would have that. I would have I would have the bottom bit more like sort of obvious. Um, in my in my opinion, but whatever. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. No, no, no. That's that, that, that's good feedback. So yeah. one of the things that we're doing is we're merging this kind of. It looks like you're on the homepage. We're merging this with. If you click on the top left, browse killer audio. Yeah. You kind of go to the store proper, oh, and we're we're thinking of merging that, so you don't have to transverse another page. Just to yeah. be able to listen to what okay. we have, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's kind of a, that, that's kind of a main thing, yeah. Um, and not not just that, but you know, clicking on that oh. browse killer audio, that CTA, sorry, a call to action, that that button, yeah. um, that's kind of pretty buried. I mean, I don't know if a lot of people are gonna they're gonna see that homepage and be like, okay, well, where do I go now? Yeah. I don't understand. Uh, so uh, always room to improve. And again, yeah, I am. Just change I, that. I know this is going to sound really silly. Um, you could just change that to like shop or something. I don't know. Right, right, right. <laughs> yeah. but, so I think yeah. the, the solution we were thinking about is let's just merge it. Let's just find a really oh, yeah, nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, uh, I, I would keep the um, I would keep the um, the menu design because it reminds okay. me of like you know good old games or something. Um, huh? Like most 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 gamers will understand this this setup. Um, you know, because yeah, good old game, good old games. I don't know if you know what I'm referring to, but good old games yeah, is them um, way back, way back in the day. Yeah, yeah, it's like they changed all their a lot of like mainstream 
video game like online retailers like have exactly this have exactly this menu design so i would totally keep that because it's really straightforward it's very simple it has the artwork um so i'd totally keep that because that's really nice and straightforward um so yeah i i'm i'm like watching i'm reading this and going this is like every website i ever go on to purchase stuff so (laughs) so that's cool so yeah so i would say you just um yeah if you wanted my constructive feedback i would just say a little bit of tweaking a little bit of tweaking um there's a little bit too much going on on the homepage. that's all i would say um but um but yeah apart from that though it looks nice though and as I said to you the last time you were on, because um, you ju- you just changed the um, you just changed your um, uh, logo as well. I really mm-hmm. really like your logo. Um, oh, thank you. So I wouldn't change that because it's really like it's really like you can see what it is and it looks cool. So um, I'm totally on board with that. So, oh. um, but yeah, cool. Um, right. Well, so yeah, as we said, so what we were referring to was battlebards.com. But as Alex says, maybe by the time this comes up, it'll have changed. Um, but yeah, so if you go to battlebards.com, I'm assuming it'll be it's the same URL though, isn't it? It'll be battlebards.com. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, battlebards.com. If you want to go on that, and you're um, on the tweet, um, is it at battlebards? Isn't it? Yeah. Um, it's at battlebards, or if you want to get to me directly, uh-huh. um, it's at uh, Soul Collector XX. Oh yeah. Uh, oh, but sorry. I also I also manage the uh, the battlebards too. So again, if you need to yell at me because there's audio <laughs> we don't have, please yell at me. Uh, I'm okay. I can take it. Um, there, there's a lot that we want to do. I want to do, for example, I, I don't know how we've gotten this far without sound effects of like uh, dying sounds, like you know when you're slaying an orc or slaying a human or something. Uh, uh, <laughs> obviously, a lot better than that. Um, <laughs> but you know, something that you can kind of spring like death throws is, is yeah. what we're calling it. And uh, I want to do dragon breath weapons. There's so many things cool. I want to do, Stephen. There's so many things I want to cool. do. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, um, so, so bombard. Well, don't bombard and be nice. Be nice. Obviously, that's my that's my protocol. Like, don't send. Don't say Geeky Pilot sent me and be rude to him. That would be horrible. Um, but, uh, but yeah, if you go to Battlebards, you can obviously tweet him, and uh, Alex will get back to you or any one of their team members. Or I'm I'm on the contact information at the bottom of the website. It says gm at battlebards dot com. If you want to email them, um, you can uh, ask questions there if you so want. And they have a newsletter which I I've signed up to. So if you go to that. Um, subscribe to the newsletter and you'll get all the latest stuff Battlebards are up to which is super cool and as as, as I said when every time uh, uh, your, your good self's on is that like it's amazing to think the progression <laughs> um, you know because I think back to like sort of four years ago and like all the different stuff I was doing I was like still in full time work when I first started doing this and um, but yeah so it's and, and yeah so to think of like Battlebards went from an idea when I first started talking to you to a thing that actually exists and is doing it's well. Crazy. <laughs> it's crazy. It's crazy. It makes you feel old. Too. I know. I, I'm sorry. I don't mean it. I don't mean to bum you out about it. Old in a good way. Um, <laughs> yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah, we end the podcast and Alex like Stephen's right. I don't know what I'm doing. Like. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't mean that. I meant it in a really good way. Like, I'm like good for you. Good for you because um, you're a great example. And I say this on the podcast all the time. It's a great example of like you can do what you want to do if you really want to do it like i see that all the time like you know it's it's work and i i really go along with the premise i saw this in a lecture recently um where the idea of is that like you find out what you're good at doing and do it and like that 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 really is that like i realized that like my 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 skill that i think is part natural part nurtured like part talent is that my ability to get people to talk to me like and I, I I've worked that out over a period of time and for you it's like and 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 you know having a bit of business savvy that you work about as you do it and like you, you know you, it, it's finding something that you don't regard as work 
Um, and that definitely is the case whenever I talk to you. Is like you know, it's clearly like you know, it's not only that you do audio for tabletop, but you actually play it as well. And I think that's kind of important. Um, but there you go. So. So huge, huge, huge continued success. Obviously, I'm saying, like, it, that, that sucked that it's been 10 months. Let's make it, like, six months or something so we can yeah, catch up. That'd be, that'd be fun. Um, but, yeah, so, yeah, I'm sure we'll have more stuff to talk about. Um, but, yeah, cool. So huge thank you to Alex. Um, we'll wrap this up now. I really need a dash because I need to ring my mother to see if she's okay. Um, but I'll wrap this episode of the podcast to say huge thank you to Alex from BattleBards. Obviously, as we said, please go to BattleBards.com or you can follow them on the tweets, which is at BattleBards. If you type in BattleBards on the Googles, you'll find them if if you, if you want to do it that way for whatever reason. Um, and obviously, as we mentioned at the beginning of the show, Alex has been on a number of episodes of this, so if you want to hear more stuff about in-depth stuff, because we talked about a little bit about politics, I think, as well, the last one, um, which was kind of funny. Um, we've got, got us in a mini rant, I think, at some point. But um, yeah, so there's a whole bunch of stuff. Alex has been on like a three or four episodes over the course of the five years we've been doing this now, I think, something like that. Um, so obviously, please do subscribe if you like this episode, and all these me to say is, uh, in the words of the great B-movie robot Josh, Crash and Burn, and we'll see you very soon for another edition of the Geek Brothers Podcast. Thanks, guys. Bye!